This is Donald Parham. You're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Stay jiggy. And this is Chris from the second Chargers outside linebacker. Make sure you check out Chargers Unleashed. Shout out to Chargers Unleashed. Sebastian Joseph Day, you know the vibes. We outside. Are you checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed? You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to Chargers Unleashed. Dan Wolkenstein, Ryan Dyrud here filling in for Jake Hefner, who has gone on vacation for the holidays with his family. Again, welcome to Chargers Unleashed. Your Chargers are playoff bound. We can't wait to talk about all of this with you. Uh, before we go any further, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bolt Family, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, and Athletic Greens, which we'll talk about here in a bit. Uh, if you have not listened to us before, welcome. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, everywhere. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you find us. Leave a review. Uh, say hello, if you will. Ryan Dyrud. My man. Welcome What's to up? Charges Unleashed. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Um, how are you? Great, man. Happy holidays. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, back in LA after spending, uh, about 10 days out in frigid Colorado in the snow. Um, but it was good to be with family and, you know, me, I got to play in the snow and have a lot of fun with, uh, Santa and grandparents and stuff, but happy to be back. Happy to be talking our playoff bound chargers. We can finally say again, expectations were high this year. It's been a roller coaster, but as of now, they've met those expectations being there in the playoffs. So excited to get in with you. Thanks for having me, uh, fill in for your better half. Jake, uh, of of a good course, time, and my better half, my more pessimistic half, um, he picked a great time to like you know be MIA when the Chargers clinch a playoff spot. Things are roses, flowers going to Brandon Staley, and the pessimist half of us is now gone. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah. I, I guess that- I shouldn't. I guess I shouldn't say better half. He's the worst half, considering he's the the glass half empty guy. He's so. the yeah. He's the more pessimistic half for sure, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But. Uh, Chargers beat the Colts 20 to three clinch a playoff spot, 17 point victory chargers. Most likely are going to end up being either the five or the six seed. I think the seventh seed is kind of out of reach unless a crazy amount of things happen. Um, before we go any further, let's talk about our friends over at athletic greens. Everyone knows I got my little shtick, three ice cubes. I put in the shaker an ounce of the athletic greens or AG one. Uh, if you're looking to improve your gut health, vitamins, minerals, uh, part of your everyday routine, Jake and I, and I believe Ryan, you have as well, have been using this liquid death. I keep saying liquid death, using athletic greens now okay. for a couple of months. And honestly, when I don't take it, I don't really feel that great. Even with all the Christmas cookies that I'm eating, uh, it's really easy to use. It, t- it takes the place of a bunch of all the vitamins and minerals that I've had to then use like 17 different uh, pills for. With Athletic Greens and AG1, literally just take one scoop, three ice cubes, a little bit of water, shake it up, start my day off pretty good. Uh, if you would like to, they're out giving you free vitamins and minerals, travel pack, go to athleticgreens.com slash charges unleashed and go ahead and get yours and start your health routine now. Jake usually talks about how terrible his health is, especially when it comes <laughs> to like fast food and things. And so this is like the one way he's able to kind of recoup some of that. Uh, Ryan, are you normally like the healthy guy or like, are you the 80, 20 where like you're normally eating fast food junk and then 
you feel great the one day a week you eat a salad. I'm a, I'm a yeah, horribly unhealthy guy. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, you can't see like the lower half of me, but I've definitely put on the LBs. It's not just because of Christmas season. Um, definitely unhealthy. But here's like not about me, but I was talking to my dad, Dan, about um, you know, my dad is you know he's in his fifties. He's looking for, you know, something to get better gut health. He had a big scare with COVID two years ago where he like, almost oh. died. He was in the IR for almost four weeks. Um, and so he's been looking at ways to really improve his health. And we were, we, I wasn't even talking about AG1. I was just back home from Christmas. He's like, yeah, I've been looking at these different supplements, but they're like 150 bucks a month for the subscription. They're not even that good. They don't even include everything. And I was like, well, shoot, we got this new sponsor, Athletic Greens. I it got literally you. checks all those boxes. It's half that price. Um, it's going to make you feel great. So my dad started doing it now and he's, you know, a few days in and loves it and says it's like the best supplement he's taken. And he's tried a lot. You know, I don't know if people remember like juice plus back in the day, they, they, him and my mom were big juice plus and nothing against juice plus, but this is definitely, I think a better product than that. And you can get it for a lot cheaper. So your link's the place to get it. I'll let you drop that again and we can get into this. <laughs> Athleticgreens.com slash chargers unleashed. Go improve your health, make your life easier in the morning and feel better on the daily. All right. So Ryan, um, this has been a tumultuous 2022 season so far. I feel like it has been ridiculous roller coaster, fill of all kinds of adversity and the chargers go out these last three weeks. Defense decides to flip whatever switch using ACDC and just going crazy, beating the dolphins, beating the Titans and now beating the, you know, well, let's call a spade a spade. Not very good Colts team, but same Colts team beat the Chiefs, beat the Raiders, beat the Broncos, beat the Jaguars. One point losers to both. I believe it was the Eagles and the Niners. So like any given Sunday, right? Uh, but Chargers did their job and clinched a victory. albeit with two weeks to spare, which is like a weird feeling. Um, yeah. They're in the playoffs. Like, for how much crap has happened this entire season, I don't think anyone, anyone, including folks in that building, thought that they would be clinching a playoff spot at Week 16. Well, I think before we even get into it, Dan, the actual, like, play of this team and what they've overcome, for years there's always been this cloud of the Chargers of, like, this cursed franchise. And, like, they couldn't get out of their own way. They couldn't win the close games. They had bad in-game management, the, obviously the injuries, which obviously that was still a big case this year, but all these little things. And what was funny is going into, I saw multiple people tweet it, you were definitely one of them, going into this week, there were four things that had to happen for the Chargers to make the playoffs. Obviously winning was one of them. But in years past, those never would have happened because nothing ever went, I mean, just look at last year. Chargers needed a, a tie in the last week to make it. They make it to overtime and then lose that game in overtime. And, and so the fact that all four things, the three teams that need to lose, lose, and the Chargers obviously win, it's almost like this season, you can kind of feel something special about it. What they've overcome, who's on this team, the love for this team, the, the buy-in these players have with this coaching staff, the overcoming of the injuries, all this stuff. And then with that, what happened this past weekend on Christmas, it just feels like something's brewing that's actually special, Dan. That's Obviously, this is a special year, but it's something building for the future that I think is really exciting. Yeah, many gifts were under the Christmas tree. Lots of them were blue and gold. Uh, and I think it was it was weird. It was weird to sit there on Christmas and watch all of this stuff happen that doesn't happen to Chargers fans or the Chargers normally. And Check. you're just checking boxes Check. one by one. And it's 
it's a testament to to the team's resolve. It's a testament to the players, the coaching staff, obviously. Um, Brandon Staley, I think, deserves a ton of credit for kind of holding everyone on the rope, kind of keeping everyone together because this season could have gone very different. And in all, I mean, for the most part, should have gone different considering how many things were kind of going as headwinds against them. Um, so they go up against the Colts, kind of a slow start from the offense anyways, although defense is flying. I mean, you saw, mm-hmm. I think you and our resident, you know, founder of LAFB, Ryan Dyrud, he was one of the first people that I know that was hyped when the Chargers were looking at Brandon Staley or needed a new coach, and he had recommended Brandon Staley. So you would know this more than I would, as you cover the Rams as well. One of the things that I noticed about his time with the Rams as a defensive coordinator was, yes, they had Jalen Ramsey. Yes, they had Aaron Donald. Like, obviously, they're superstar players. But if you go back and look at, like, the stat sheets and just, like, the overall numbers of that defense, like, it wasn't like those two guys were filling up stat sheets and, you know, getting 15 sacks and getting 10-plus interceptions. Like, it was like a team thing. And, like, everyone ate, it felt like. You saw, like, John Johnson go out and do his thing. You saw Sebastian just like, the bunch of guys that all filled up the stat sheets. By the end of the season, there was, like, I forget what it was. There was, like, six or seven guys each having six-plus sacks, a whole bunch of interceptions, tackle for loss. Then fast forward to this last game. Mike Davis interception. You saw Asante Samuel Jr. interception. Obviously, Derwin James does his thing, gets his pick. And then you're seeing sacks from Chris Rumpf, Morgan Fox, Kyle Van Noy, Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray, Khalil Mack. Like, everyone is kind of doing this as a team. And I think that's a staple of Brandon Staley's defense. And when you see this defense do well, it's when they are doing well collectively and not just needing their closers to close, which is nice to have them. But seeing mm-hmm. the team collectively all pitch in for this, I think was probably the most bittersweet thing for me was seeing a Kenneth Murray get hyped to get emotional as they're winning was seeing Morgan Fox and Kyle Van Noy and seeing Michael Davis. We all know kind of his story. You've watched Brandon Staley for years. Am I off on that? Is that something you saw too? No, you're not off at all. hundred percent. I mean, that's the biggest thing we've talked about a lot. I know I've talked with you about this defense is, you know, it requires every single person doing your job. And yes, you can rely on some star power at certain positions. And the way they build the defense out is you want to star at each level. Um, so you have that, which they built this Chargers team with that, with, you know, Bosa. And they obviously added Mac. You got Derwin on the back end. You draft Asante Samuel. You draft, you know, guys like Kenneth Murray, who obviously that was pre-Brandon Staley, but guys in the middle that can be athletic. And, and so they built it on that. But then the big thing, Dan, that I think, because everyone always said, and rightfully so, is like, all right, here's this defensive guru, but like, why are they so bad? Why are they struggling? Yes, there's been injuries, but last year, last in the league against the run, this year, you know, the first 10 weeks or so, almost last against the run, very bad in points allowed. What was it? 27 or so. Um, and the biggest thing, and I, I don't think enough people really talk about this and I know it seems like so logical, but I just don't think we saw it happen until now this past three, four weeks stent- stretch is two things. One players have to fully buy in. And there's a difference between saying like, there's a difference between saying, yeah, the difference between saying like, yeah, 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 we love Brandon. We, you know, we trust his system, yada, yada, knowing it. There's a difference between that and like 100% selling out and buying him. And then two is that your defensive leaders, whether it be your star players or just vocal leaders are really stepping up in a leadership role and holding people accountable. And I think in last year and even weeks past, 
they were relying so much on a Derwin James to make the play, relying on the guy next to them to make the play and not saying like, if I just do my job and do it great and buy in, I trust this system to be great. And now we've seen Dan these last three weeks, obviously no Joey, no Joey Bosa. We've seen Derwin James for one quarter because he got suspended last week. And this defense is the best defense in football over this last stretch, allowing only 18 points a game. They've been dominant, multiple sacks every single game. We've seen Kyle Van Noy break out completely. And so I think, and I've said this many times, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but if you look at the scheme since Staley's been here, the scheme has been good. He's The players are in positions to make plays. Unfortunately, they just haven't made the plays. The, the, um, you know, the actual production and the output has not, revealed what the actual it's about the projection issue. was yes execution yeah. issue. and we've seen these last three weeks guys are executing and it's be a beautiful thing and it's interesting because you know and i will get into kind of the offense versus the defense and the offensive struggles that we've seen and trust me you know it's not all roses here we know there are things that need to improve um but when i look at kind of the offense versus the defense on the offensive side like it seems like a scheme issue it's scheme it seems like that's the major issue. It's not a talent thing, really. I don't really think it's a execution thing, really, although sometimes it is. You know, sometimes it's boneheaded penalties and stuff. On defense, they're there. Like, the players are put in the position to succeed, and then they don't. Like, it, mm-hmm. and I think you you heard Drew Tranquil say after the, the Raiders game, there was kind of a, you know, come to Jesus moment, if you will, where basically that was where the team kind of got together and was like, look, it's on us. And there was like an accountability discussion on those players. And you're seeing kind of that pay dividends now. And for guys like Jazeer Taylor and and Dean Leonard on special teams and and Mike Davis and and Kenneth Murray talked about it before, you know, Drew Tranquil has been balling out as of late. Uh, Khalil Mack, unsung hero. I know he doesn't get the stats, but my God, he has been so far the MVP of that defense. It's not even funny. Um, But to see them literally be number one, be the number one defense the last three weeks, yards-wise, like points-wise, is like chef's kiss. And a lot of folks were on the, whether it's Fire Staley, Staley's in the hot seat, Ronaldo Hill, you know, Telesco, whatever. Like, there's a lot of people that were throwing shade um, without kind of seeing the full context. Ryan, the, the Chargers are now 9-6. and six. They have clinched a playoff spot, which everyone talked about. Until he makes the playoffs, you know, fire Telesco, fire Staley. Like, that's a huge check, not just for a one brand of Staley, but also for Justin Herbert. Now, quickly getting into the game, it, it was interesting, you know, offense kind of struggled a bit until that second half, but the defense was flying around. I think I mentioned it. We saw the interception by Michael Davis. We saw one by Asante Stable Jr. You saw one by Derwin James, a whole bunch of sacks. They let like, I think they held them to a total of like 173 total net yards, which is like yeah. insanity. And for a fan base that has had to watch their quarterback have to play Superman, every single week for them to have a chance to win. It's nice to be able to kind of sit back and just let the defense win it for you. And I wouldn't even say that Justin Herbert struggled, even the tipped interception. Like, of course it's a tipped interception. Like that's, that would happen now, you know, should it have been thrown? I don't know. Um, But that's playoff football. Like it's hard to go, you know, to score 38, 35 every week. 
And the games that we've seen the Chargers win these last three weeks, that's how the playoffs go. And so I trust this offense. I trust Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and company to perform when they need to most. The defense has been the question mark. So if if the defense is good, like, okay. And now you got, you know, possibly Joey Bosa coming back, possibly Rashawn Slater coming back. I know Derwin James was, you know, ejected because of the sec because of the 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 hit. Um, now concussion protocol. I think he's fine considering he was like partying like crazy in the locker room with everyone. Um <laughs> this is what you want to see as a team that's peaking at the right time. The coaching staff and the players are all kind of bought in together. Cleo Max kind of talked about all the dinners that he's been purchasing year or week after week. So I, I guess the the question for you, Ryan, is how confident should the Chargers fans or how confident are you in this Chargers ability to succeed in the playoffs? Who, Regardless of seed, regardless of who we're playing, but just ability to perform. I mean, I'm, I'm real confident and I've been confident all year that they would get things right. Now you, you said everything. I don't need to repeat it all. I think the offense definitely still needs some tweaks, still needs some improvement, but the important thing with that, as you alluded to, and we kind of challenged, we even challenged Herbert a few weeks ago, I think leading into the Miami game together, we did a show. And then I know me and my coach Jamal have done a lot is with, even in games when Herbert's not good, if he can just be great when it matters most, then this team can beat anybody. And we saw that in well in Miami, we saw him be just the best quarterback in football that game. He was unbelievable <laughs> that game. But the next week in Tennessee, I mean, I don't know if you guys talked about it much, but he did not play well against Tennessee. Like Herbert did not play well at all. But when it mattered most on that last drive, the defense gave him a chance. I know they actually technically gave up the touchdown to tie it, but they only gave up 14 points. They gave him the ball back with 40 odd seconds. He got it done. And that was the elite play we we're looking for. We we've seen Justin Herbert be elite since he's been in this league you know, for 58 minutes, it was about those last two raising the level when it mattered most. And obviously he's, he's had 12 game winning guys. I know people brought that up, but that stat means different if it's 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, or if it's 45 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And so the fact that he's now done that in these, in this stretch, that for one gives me a lot of confidence because he's your best player and he's arguably the best player in football or at least top three. And then the defense you alluded to, the fact that they've now got it right and are probably going to be getting Joey Bosa. I know Brandon Silly came out today and said still no updates, but I, I would assume by playoff time he will be back. That's two more weeks. Obviously, Derwin James coming back. But the guys around them are playing so good. As I mentioned, Kyle Van Noy has been unbelievable these last few weeks. You can see he is fired up to be on this team, the buy-in around this system. Cleo Mack, you mentioned it. You mentioned a lot of the other guys. I mean, I think Drew, Drew Tranquil right now is the MVP of this defense if, if we're giving out awards so far this season. So I feel very confident. And the other thing I'll say is I know this last stretch, I know Miami, they beat Miami was a good team at least three weeks ago. They've lost now what four or five straight, but they were good when they beat them. And I know that Tennessee and the Colts don't seem like these elite teams, but they're winning games. They have to win. And even in tough games, when you look at three of their six losses, three of those six losses have come twice to the chiefs, once to the Niners by a combined like 10 points. And those are playoff teams that now they're getting healthier. Now that the defense is improving. Now that Herbert's having that crunch time play, I feel confident they can go in and beat those teams because they brought them to the brink in the regular season when they weren't playing their best. And now they are playing their best in playoff time. I'm all for it. I hope we get that round one matchup against Joe Burrow. I think that'll be so much fun. 
Oh, all right, so you're wanting the Bengals. I was actually there in Cincinnati last year for that game where the Chargers won, and boy, was that fun. Um, yeah, y- you know, it's it's a weird feeling covering this team, like not <laughs> being so stressed going into Week 17 right now, and not feeling like you know you need everyone and their mother to help you to finally get in. Um, what's up with the offense? I, I think you hear so many people talk about it, and I think that there's a lot of nuance to this, in my opinion. And, and people are very quick to uh, blame Joe Lombardi, which a lot of it, and I'll be honest, a lot of it is rightly so. However, why? I think some people tend to kind of take the easy way out and are a little lazy and not fully knowledgeable of what exactly is wrong with the offense. And so they'll just kind of make stuff up. And so, in your opinion, you've covered it. You're a smart guy. What is wrong with the offense, if there is something wrong, in your opinion? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a, a few things you can get into. The, the biggest thing for me is the lack of running game. I think that is, and whether you blame play calling or what, and I want to say this very eloquently because I absolutely love Austin Eckler. This is zero shade. I'm not one of those guys saying like he's cooked. He's done. I'm definitely not saying that. (laughs) However, if we're just being honest and especially just at this season, at this junction, it's very hard to say he is a pure elite three down in the trenches between the tackles running back. And it's not because he's not good. Yes. He's an offensive weapon that can absolutely be elite in the passing game, can be a change of pace back. But I don't think even if we're being honest with Lombardi, maybe even if we're being honest, Aston Austin Eckler, he would say, yeah, you should get the ball 27 times in between the tackles. And you look at just this season up to this point, only one game with hundred yards rushing for Austin Eckler. And that was against Cleveland back in whatever that was week four or five, no games over hundred other than that game. And very few games over 60 yards. Most of the games we're seeing 39 yards rushing 45 yards rushing. And so this game, we finally saw 25 plus carries. I, I pound the table time. Like you have to run the ball 25 times plus, even if it's not efficient, you're forced to even be physical. You're tying them out. You're at least keeping them honest and you're not just dropping Herbert back 50 plus times. So they are at least balanced this game, but I just don't think they're getting enough. And when defenses know, or they're just able to shut your run game down, it allows them to drop guys back. And so everyone talks about this deep passing game and it's all dump offs and it's boring. I mean, put on the put on the tape. There's so many routes that are 20 plus yard routes. Guys just aren't open because you have two high safeties. I mean, listen, Brandon Staley comes from the Vic Fangio tree, who is an offset of the, the Tampa two system, but it's a cover high two, which is literally built to slow down big arm quarterbacks. So you don't think other defenses out there are like, oh, Brandon Staley is the coach of this team. Justin Herbert's his figure on quarterback. Let's maybe mimic that defense this week so we don't let him beat us deep and let's drop two guys back and let's keep three quarters high and let's not give stuff over the top. Like, this is the NFL. Like, defenses are smart. That's why these guys get paid a lot of money. That's why these defensive coordinators become head coaches. And so you, in order to alleviate that or beat that and the way the Packers beat that against the Rams in 2021 when Staley was the defensive coordinator was they gouged the Rams defense. Aaron Donald was hurt that week, gouged them in the run game. And then finally, after three quarters of running the football efficiently, Aaron Rodgers was able to pick apart the secondary and do stuff a little deeper. If you can't run the football and Austin Eckler's averaging 3.2 yards per carry, Joshua Kelly is only getting four, five, six carries a game. 
that is where this offense has a deficiency. And I don't know if it's fixable at this time. Maybe you run Austin or maybe you run Kelly more. Maybe you get Isaiah Spiller, who you drafted more involved. I would love to see, this is a different conversation, but I'd love to see them get Zach Charbonnet in the draft next year in the second round. But that to me is, it's not a necessarily a, a play calling from the passing game standpoint. It's not necessarily a Justin Herbert issue. It's just the lack of run game makes you a little one-dimensional. And maybe it's the personnel, maybe it's other things, but that is, I think, the big issue right now with this offense. And a couple of things, just to kind of back up your, your point. Um, Austin Eckler, so far, 183 rushing attempts for 759 yards in the season, 4.1 yards per carry, averaging just 50 yards a game. Joshua Kelly, averaging again, 4.1 yards per carry, averaging just 20 yards per game. On the total for the season, the Chargers are averaging 84.9 yards per game on the ground. Not good enough. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to go deep in the playoffs. It's really hard to win solely on the arm of your quarterback throughout the playoffs. At some point, you're going to have to churn some clock, which you see the Chargers do, which is kind of, that's the nuance part. In the fourth quarter, the Chargers like had that, whatever it was, seven minute drive, which they've had a few of them now, where they're able to go like, you know, six of nine plays are all runs end up with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. sometimes it takes time, but you're, you're right. And I, and I think they're trying to get this team more balanced. Um, the, you know, it's not about deep downfield throws or attempts. Like, you know, like Ryan said it, but like, I, I have a thread of like literally hundreds of times where chargers receivers are running deep downfield and either protection isn't holding up or the, the routes are too far gone already or he's already checked it down, or they're just trying to get a first down, so he gives it to the easy receiver for the first down. Like There's, there's a lot of, of layers to this. And, and I think this conversation, I think, comes down to me with kind of, it's not about we're not being aggressive. I think it's about we're not being create, creative in our aggressiveness. And mm-hmm. so, like, defenses seem to <clears throat> know what the Chargers are doing, and rightly so, because Chargers do a lot of the same stuff. And so the creativity is kind of what I'm feeling I'm lacking. And so, look, Lombardi is at the hot seat. You have a quarterback like this. You have an offense with this many weapons who are now healthy. I know it takes time. But, like, it shouldn't be a struggle to score 20 points, regardless. It, It just shouldn't. And so I think that's what I'm interested to see these next couple weeks like how much they actually showcase in terms of trying to improve on the field. Because if you're, if you're Joe Lombardi, if you're Brand C, like, would you want to show that now before the playoffs? Like, I don't, a part of me is like, screw it. I'm playing vanilla offense the rest of the season. until I can get in there and then I'll let all my cards out. Like what? There's no advantage other than winning a game to showcase yeah. what you can do in the playoffs. I, I just like, do you see it changing? Anytime soon? Oh, I mean, that's like the million dollar question, right? Uh, I mean, we haven't seen a change at this point and now they've clinched. So I guess why, why do change it? Um, you know, part of it, I think is them trying to do things when they, when Keenan was out, once Mike went out, it's like, you're trying to keep things simple for the young guys and, and not put too much pressure on certain players here and there. You lose some offensive linemen. Um, so you maybe dumb things down. You try to get quick releases for Herbert, but you know, yeah, at some point you got to, got to add yeah like you said some more creativity to it you know and i would assume we'll see more i mean when we saw 
you know, last year we saw a lot of fun stuff in this offense and especially against the Raiders when they fell down and then we kind of, he kind of just unleashed Herbert and said, go do your thing. I think we might see more of that, but I don't know. I mean, he's definitely, I'm not a Lombardi hater like many, but I'm definitely at the point now where I'm not saying this guy absolutely deserves to be back. Like even if they, even if they win a playoff game or two, I think he still deserves a very strong evaluation and, and decidedly. So, I mean, we saw, we saw Staley move on from, his special teams coordinator last year, who was a really good friend of his. So, I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm that he says, Hey, our offense needs to be better. So, and even, I don't know. It's your question. And even, I don't the special know. Teams, and even the special teams last year, like it was bad to start the season, but they actually improved very much. So in the last month, six weeks of season, and even still he got rid of his, his friend. So I, I don't, I don't see this narrative of like him being, you know, so connected to Joe Lombardi and so loyal. He's not get rid of him. I, I just don't see that. I think I think Brandon Staley is smarter than that, and I think he knows it's more important than just like keeping your buddies. Uh, so I don't know. It's a little. Is there a, a guy weird. that uh, putting you on the spot? Is there a guy you'd want as an OC heading into next year? So let's let's put it out there. Brandon Staley is going to be the head coach of the Chargers, regardless of what happens now. They clinch the playoffs. <laughs> yes. Nothing is changing that. So I want everyone to. Yeah, I mean, you can disagree. I don't think you do, but I'll be Brandon Staley will no. be the head coach. He but will. I definitely don't think. There's a guarantee Lombardi will be the OC. There's still a chance, obviously. I honestly haven't even thought about who I'd like as my offensive coordinator. Have you put a thought into that yet? Not not a lot. Not enough. I mean, there's some some potential out there, but yeah, definitely not enough. Um, I mean, you could see guys like that are OCs now, but aren't actually play callers that are, you know, in, in good systems. Guys like Liam Conan with the Rams, who's obviously now been under McVay for a year, was under McVay. Uh, and we've seen the success of guys under McVay. So, I mean, that's a guy I think to look for, but. Maybe yeah, Shane Steichen no comes one... back. I mean, how funny would that be? <laughs> well, how funny is that? Everyone hated Shane Steichen. He'll be a head coach next year. He's like the hottest name in, in the head coaching circles. How that funny is that? John Payton. Yeah, it's, um, it's a little, it's just, it's puzzling. Um, I, I just think a lot of times, Ryan, you know, there's so much black and white spewed by a lot of folks, both in the media as well as fans. And, you know, black and white, like Chargers, they didn't make the playoffs, fired Telesco. Or, you know, Staley should be fired because they didn't make the playoffs. And, you know, over a long period of time, I think that narrative can hold weight. But there's always context. There's always perspective. And yep. seeing what this Chargers team has gone through this season and how many times that they have been like backs against the wall and like needed to have something happen and did. And for them to kind of kick so many narratives this year, whether it's like they can't win close games, whether it's they can't win the tough games, they're not beating playoff teams. They can't, you know, slam the door. You know, they, they're always going to fail us at some point, you know, they, they've give them credit. Like they have kind of answered the bell. And I think there were probably a large handful of Chargers fans who saw all of those check boxes and were waiting for that last one of the Chargers victory. And we're like, it would be so Chargers to lose to the Colts <laughs> on Monday Night Football. Like that is so Chargers in the past. But again, didn't happen. And so yeah. I, I think they dominated daily. They dominated. They I mean, that's and, and, and Brandon Staley deserves credit for that. And I know like it, it's, it's wild to me that there are still folks who are, you know, that they put that asterisk of like, well, 
yes, he sh this is how it should have been the entire time. Or like, well, if he keeps doing this, then yeah, I'm okay with it. Like, through all of that, your charges are in the playoffs. Like, I don't know many coaches who could have overcome and risen above all the stuff that just happened. And so for the narrative of the organization to flip, for the aggressiveness to flip, for the stigma, for the fan base that is like rolling right now. Did you see the fans in Indy? I was like, holy smokes. The yeah. powder blues are coming. Um, yeah. If it's not Herbert, which obviously Justin Herbert is probably one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason. The next reason is Brandon Staley is why this team well, is where it is. And I don't think it's close. And, um, and just a last point on that, Dan, to put it into some perspective, because I, I don't think a lot of people are really talking about this surprisingly, considering it's in the same city, but you look at the Rams this year and granted they ended up losing Stafford for the season. Um, and so the Chargers obviously did not lose their quarterback and obviously Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. I don't think anyone would argue that, but the injuries were similar now at, at this point in the season that's flipped the Rams now have more injuries than the Chargers. But when it, when it was like at their peaks, they were both very similar Rams did lose more on the offensive line, but Chargers lost more in skill positions until obviously the cup and yada, yada, but you could, you could draw a lot of similarities, right? Rams won the Super Bowl last year. A lot of guys came back. Donald, you add Bobby Wagner. Obviously you lose uh, OBJ who they only had half the year last year, but you added Allen Robinson. You get a lot of different guys in the offensive line. You get some new defensive guys. It's a five, one football team eliminated from the playoffs two weeks ago. Sean McVay, I, I, I think Sean McVay is a top three coach in the NFL. I don't, this year doesn't dissuade me of that. Mm -hmm. But you look at all the similarities in terms of injuries, in terms of narratives, in terms of all these different things. They play in the same stadium, yada, yada, yada. Rams are out after being the defending champs, have, could potentially, if they lose another game, the worst record ever for a defending champion. And the Chargers are in with a lot of similar injuries, the same positions, at left tackle, at right tackle, at center. And so I don't understand the vitriol and the hate for, I, I mean, I get it for some of the coaches that, but certainly not the head coach because not many guys get through that, including the great Sean McVay was not able to get through that. And so that's one thing people just need to put in perspective. Like this is pretty special. What, what happened this year? I mean, the chargers have more wins than Bill Belichick's team right now. Everybody was clamoring yep. for you know, Brian Dable. Chargers have just as so many wins and they've been decimated, literally decimated. So um, let's pump the brakes. But look, I know this is kind of a, an emotion filled episode, but I wanted to kind of just use this one. You know, I, we'll get into Chargers versus Rams, you know, the Battle of LA, quote unquote, which honestly, at this point, Ryan, it kind of feels like it's just going to be a block party for the Chargers fans at, at you know, Thunder Alley. Like, they're just going to be mm -hmm. so happy just to be in the playoffs that we're just going to be what's <laughs> going to be lit by the first quarter. Um, yeah. You know, I think the Chargers do have something to play for. Obviously, they want that five seed. I think that helps them. I think going and playing a team like Jacksonville or Tennessee versus playing a team like Buffalo or like Kansas City or like uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, which I know you're claiming for. Um, there's a difference there. There's a difference in those teams. Uh, Chargers already lost to the Jaguars, but again, very different circumstances now, very different teams. Uh, and hey, if they get the five seed, you know, crazy things could happen. Chargers could play a home a home playoff game in the second round. Who knows? You never know. Mm -hmm. um, Ryan, any other key takeaways from you from this past week other than 
Chargers win. They dominate the team. They, they dominate a team they're supposed to. They're now in the playoffs. Like, were there any other things that you heard, saw, uh, that you wanted to kind of point at? Yeah, and last thing I'll just say real quick, you mentioned the five seed and why that could be so important. And I hate to, I know it's, this is the Chargers show, Chargers Unleashed on our, our network, but Rams last year were a five seed and they got a home game in the NFC Championship against the Niners. So that five seed can be much better than the six seed because you could definitely get things happen in the playoffs and you could get that home game. So, but I think also this is a different. Time. I think the chargers are almost better on the road. It's as weird as that is. They just seem this year. They play really well on the road. Obviously this win comes on the road. And, you know, it's a great question. I think one thing that stood out to me was how good the defense was playing. And then Derwin makes that hit gets ejected, uh, goes like concussion protocol and, and I think I even tweeted out, I was like, man, I love Derwin. I love his aggression, but you got to know this is a, I know it's not a playoff game. They had two more weeks to get in, but it's like a playoff type game where winning you're in, like you hate seeing it when, when a player of his caliber just, you know, I, I love it, but you know, get, get yourself out of the game. Like you can't lose your best player. And you would think sometimes maybe in years past weeks, past other teams, for instance, when that happens, you'd see the defense start to, to let up. In a, in a way, or, or at least on that drive, maybe let up. You know, we saw it in, uh, to compare another team, USC. I was at the USC-Utah Pac-12 championship game. Uh, and there was a, a defensive sequence where Raylan Goforth, linebacker, had maybe the biggest hit I'd ever seen on the quarterback, on Cam Rising. And it was like that moment where you're like, okay, the defense is going to snap out of it. A player leaves the game, and then Utah makes a big play after that goes out and scores and kind of like relinquish that. So it's like one of those where Derwin goes out, it's like, are the Chargers going to give up a little bit? Are they going to do? And it's almost like they clamp down more. Lohi Gilman comes in, obviously looks very comfortable after starting for two weeks. He played great still. And the defense just rallied around and said, you know what? Next man up. I know it's a, a cliche saying, but we've seen it with this team. And we've for sure now that the last three weeks seen it with his defense. And that to me is a huge takeaway because when you lose your best player in the, whatever it was first or second quarter, I know this is not a good offense in the Colts, but it's still the NFL. You're still on the road. And to see them not even skip a beat, that is exciting as you head, you know, two weeks headed into the playoffs for me. Oh, for 10 on third down, which is impressive. I think they're literally the last three weeks, Ron. I think they're like 18.75% third down conversion allowed in three games. It's like six for yeah. 30. I forget what it was, six for 30 something. Um, it's it's remarkable. I will say, Duran James being back, um, for how good the defense has been playing without him, let's just say for 2.75 games now, when he was in there, like, holy smokes, that was like a jolt of electricity for that defense. And yeah. they, that's why he's the heart and soul of this team, is how much he brings to this team. Do you think he's excited to get to the playoffs? Like, I can't imagine what a playoff Derwin James is going to look like now, given what he's gone through personally. Along with this team. Yeah. So because he was he, got some... was he was hurt in 18, right? When they made it in 18, wasn't he hurt? Or was he healthy that no, year? No, he was no, he was good in 2018. That was his all pro okay. year. And then he was okay. basically hurt the was... next two years. That's right. But you you think about like the hunger, right? And I don't want to I, I know I'm the optimist. I know I'm the guy that's always positive, but like you think about like the hunger on some of the on um, for some of these players, like a Khalil Mack. You know, I remember training camp. I was there when they asked me, how hungry are you? And he's like, I'll show you. You, know, you think about Joey Bosa, <laughs> you know, Keenan Allen. He's we've talked about his desire to to win a chip. 
Um, Derwin James, we know. Uh, Drew Tranquil has been through a lot. You talk about, you know, it, it goes down the line. I mean, Justin Herbert, for, say what you will, like how much crap he's been given. Um, Austin mm-hmm. Eckler, like some these guys, like they're like that. That's their life right now is trying to get this. And so if you, they have an opportunity, and everybody talked about just like give me an opportunity to be in the dance. Um, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. Los Angeles Chargers are in the playoffs in 2022. That's what everyone sought after at the beginning of the season. They now have a chance to go up as far as the five seed in an AFC that is loaded with quarterbacks. And so that's going to be crazy come playoff time. But um, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on this one. I know this is a bit of an emotional discussion we had today. Uh, Not so much tactical because at this point, it doesn't really matter. Chargers clinched. And now it's going to be about (laughs) fine tuning everything between now and the end of week 18 before we figure out who the Chargers play in the playoffs. Uh, Ryan, between now and New Year's Day, Chargers have played the Rams. Anything fun with you and your family happening? No. Well, thanks for having me on as always. I know we talk all the time, but it's always fun to actually jump on and, and talk bolts. Um, nothing planned. Uh, we're still trying to figure out some New Year's Eve plans. You know, I mean, you know how it is when you have a little little child that certainly changes things and makes you want to stay closer to home and and just kind of take it easy. So last year we had COVID on New Year's, so we, we stayed in. So this year we'll see if we go anywhere or, or just take it easy too. Because obviously, unfortunately with that, I don't know if you felt the same way, but with the game being flexed out of prime time, it's like, well, now we got to be at the stadium at, you know, nine or 10 a.m. instead of being able to get there. Yeah. Instead of being able to get there at a, you know, 2 p.m. for a 5.30 game. So, but yep. what about you? Any plans? Um, no plans. I'll be at the game. I do have some family coming in. So we're going to be going to the Chargers Rams game uh, on Sunday. I'll be bringing a little one and, and my wife. So look for out, look out for Chargers little bear. Uh, that'll be Avery uh, coming. Um, no, otherwise, I'll just be over here uh, excited, happy as a clan that our Chargers are in the playoffs. Uh, for Ryan Dyrud, you can find him at Ryan Dyrud LAFB, myself at Dan W Sports. Uh, Jake Hefner will be back soon, I promise. He's now basking in the sunshine, whoever he is. Uh, but until next time, we'll talk to you next on Chargers Unleashed.